Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Look, here's what the experience is of founding a company. It is an experience of failure, never-ending failure. And if you don't fail, it means you're not pushing hard enough. The experience is like you're climbing a hill. And you're, you're, you feel like you, you see the, the top of the hill and it's like, oh, you're so tired. You're like, oh, but you're almost there. You see the top of the hill. You get on the top of the hill. You're like, yes, you got on top of the hill. But then you see another hill. <laughs> yeah. And you keep on doing it again and again and again. If we would have decided just to be a New York City company and end here in New York, yeah, we wouldn't have failed much. It would have been nice and easy. But we keep on pushing ourselves again and again and again. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Felt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Adams with Real Trends. Real Trends is currently accepting applications for the 2023 Real Trends and Tom Ferry Agent and Team Rankings. If you're an agent with over 50 transaction sides or 16 million in volume, or a team with over 60 transaction sides or $24 million in volume in calendar year 2022, we want to feature you in the industry's trusted rankings program. Real Trends has partnered with the majority of the largest brands in the country to receive nominations automatically. However, we recommend that you check with your broker to understand if they will be submitting your data or if you will be required to submit your data to realtrends.com. Submissions close on April 14th, so don't miss out on the chance to be featured in this year's rankings program. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media, which includes HousingWire and Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Robert Refkin. He is the CEO and founder of Compass Real Estate. And Compass was number one in sales volume for the Real Trends 500 rankings for 2022 with the first company, I think you did it in less than 10 years, um, which was a first for our rankings. And also we have the 2023 rankings coming up this week. So we'll see where you, where you land. So welcome, Robert. Thank you for inviting us. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too. So I want to start with talking a little bit about business strategy for Compass, because I know that this market kind of felt like it came on suddenly, and a lot of companies are having to adjust quickly right now. And I know you've made, you've made some adjustments. So tell me a little bit about how you're preparing Compass for the future. Yeah. So uh, when I look back at the, the last 12 months, uh, I think what is top of mind is how do we bring back our in-person energy, in-person culture to the company? Uh, the, the pandemic really brought people away from each other. It didn't bring people t- towards each other and that the world went to home offices. Yeah. And one of you know, the, the best things about this business, the business of real estate, is that it's a people business and it's a relationship business. Uh, and you develop relationships better in person than than virtually. And so one of my top priorities for 
bringing Compass forward is getting people in the office. And in the fall, I traveled to visit over a hundred offices across the country, traveling four and a half days a week, you know, often multiple cities in a day, just to get people together in person. Uh, and you know, this week, you know, tonight I'm flying at you know, 10 p.m. from New York to San Francisco for meetings, you know, back to back in all parts of the Bay Area for three days in a row. Um, but I'm doing whatever I can uh, to encourage people to come together. Yeah, that's so so important. I feel like um, you're right. The pandemic kind of isolated everyone. And it, it seems like we should all be in person already, but it's taken a while to adjust to that. And real estate is such a relationship business. Um that I really feel that connection is so important. And I know that a lot of businesses are having trouble getting people back into the office, but it seems like salespeople in general would really, they thrive on their most, not all, but a lot of them are extroverts that kind of thrive on that in-person contact. And obviously it starts from the top up, you're in the office, um, you're visiting offices. So tell me a little bit um about some of the other business topics that you have top of mind that you're working on. I know you had talked a little bit about a dashboard and some of your tech platform. Um, So talk to me about that because I thought that was interesting as a consumer facing as well as agent facing um, product that you have. Yeah. So the technology product I'm most excited to launch this year is the client dashboard. Uh, a client portal, which will be one for sellers, one for buyers, and one just for homeowners, all of which agents can send to their sphere of influence to their clients. And it'll be something their clients can use before, during, and after the transaction. You'll have the agent's uh, photo and name front and center. So it will reinforce the client relationship. And it will be something that clients will be able to go to when they've, after they've bought a home and they say, where's that file? Where's that form? Where's that, uh, this or that will all be in one single place. Uh, and it will be a repeat and referral goldmine, um, because it will, whenever the, the client thinks about buying, selling a home or something around their home, uh, they'll go to this place and they'll be reminded of their agent who introduced them to it. Uh, in the, the example um, in, in the world around us is that you know, I think every industry is providing client portals for the the client for for whatever category. It could be Amazon for buying and selling goods. Um, arguably, this is a, a client portal for your finances. You have a bank that puts everything in one place. Your real estate experience should be in one place as well. And uh, the the most powerful product that we've created to date. I would say it's probably collections uh, where it's a collaborative search with buyers where everything lives virtually all the comments back and forth on every property. Whenever there's a price or status change uh, on a property that the, uh, the buyers look at with their agent, it it's there. Uh, but it, the client portal is effectively an extension of that collections product to every other part of the buyer sell process. So the, the CMA would live there. All the forms and documents would live there. The, um, the, the digital tour sheet of the touring the properties would be there for a seller. The seller, the open house feedback would be there along with how many you know, people came to the open house. All the marketing materials would be there with the, with the, the listing hits on all the different, you know, aggregator sites would live there. So it's one, a one-stop shop for everything home. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's a huge trend right now. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of innovation in that space as well from companies such as like Milestones who are um, really coming up a, w- a way to solve the problem of agents being able to stay in touch and be top of mind for their, well, we say past clients loosely, but there's really no past clients is kind of the trend I'm, I'm hearing. There are no past clients. And that is such with the time between buying houses seems to be longer um, than it was before. Just that whole idea of staying in touch and being in front of the people in your sphere, the people you've worked with, um, the people you want to work with is, is really important. And so what are you seeing as far as that trend um, in that consumer focus for both the brokerage and the agent? I can see there are some improvements on doing that in the mortgage space. Uh, I've seen some in title and escrow, but on the brokerage side, I haven't seen anyone do it well. And I think the reason why is brokerage firms are structurally um, limited by their, their abilities to put everything in one place because on balance, brokerage firms are using third-party software. And so uh, if you're a brokerage firm and you, along with your agents, are using on average 11 different tools from 11 different places, you can't put 11 different tools into a client portal that is yours. Those are different tools that they wouldn't connect. And so over the last 10 years, Compass has invested over a billion dollars in putting all those tools into one place. Uh, Our own buyer search, collaborative search, our own CMA, our own open house feedback, our own digital tours, our own CRM, our own performance dashboard, uh, our own transaction management, our own um, search uh, so everything is in one place and it's all compass with compass, you know, .com code compass, um, you know, compass engineers, you know, built it all. And so we have, since it's the same code base, we can put it all in a client portal and connect all the dots with one login, one code base, one experience, one, one, uh, user design. And that's really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of hard work, but this client portal will be almost the culmination of everyone's hard work by putting one place. Right now, the majority of what we have is hidden behind um, uh, a login wall effectively. And agents can send it to clients one-on-one by email or text, but it doesn't live in a living space for the client other than collections. This will, this, you know, this will just take these products and put it in a living space. Yeah, that's and it's so much more efficient for the agent as well. And um, I'm not sure if you saw the article that one of our reporters did on Compass Technology, um, and she interviewed a ton of different agents across the country, and they overwhelmingly were very positive um, about the technology. And one of the things that they mentioned is that it was easy to use. Um, you know, agents don't want you know, you can offer them 50 different options for doing things, but really they want one simple option, right? Um, they want they want to be able to accomplish what they need to accomplish very easily, very quickly. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, again, congratulations on that because the, our reporter did a lot of, she did a lot of interviews and, and they were very positive about it. So, so yeah. The, 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 this is my, uh, 
my cup, we have eight entrepreneurship principles at Compass. The first one is dream big and then move fast, learn from reality, be solutions driven, collaborate without ego, maximize your strengths, bounce back with passion. Um, and you know, on dream big, the, the first, the big dream of Compass is to be best in the world at helping agents be better, to be, uh, the, you know, the company that is best at helping agents grow their business and have a better quality of life, more income to support their family, more time to be with their family and giving them all of the programs, the support and technology tools to be able to do that. Programs like Compass Concierge, where we front load the cost of home improvement services like staging, deep cleaning, decluttering, cosmetic repair, painting, uh, flooring, roofing, and get paid out of the proceeds. Uh, support like our in-house marketing and advertising agency and technology tools, like all the tools that we've kind of discussed so far. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely not a, a perfect company, but I do think we've invested more dollars uh, in that effort to help support agents than any other company. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, you certainly have your share of scrutiny <laughs> in the press and, and in the industry. Um, a lot of times I think the the faster companies grow, um, the more scrutiny they get. And you obviously came, you know, barreling in into the real estate industry offering like agent incentives. And I know that you're changing your strategy now as you grow. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how that has changed and where your focus is as far as um you know, any local M&A or you talked about franchising and markets that you're not already in. Um, tell me a little bit about that growth strategy that you're shifting to. Yeah, we stopped over the summer giving any equity incentives or any sign-on bonuses of any kind to agents to uh, come to Compass. Yeah, and I'm hopeful that some of the negative critiques that have come from our counterparts you know, will re will reduce with that effort. Uh, I'm proud to say that over a thousand agents have come uh, since we stopped giving those incentives in August. They came. They and I think that shows that if they came for no financial incentive, uh, you know, in any way, that they believe they're speaking with their feet and I guess with their pocketbooks that they believe Compass will help them grow their business and the Compass platform of support. Uh, programs and tools will do that. Uh, we we are now also very focused on M and A, uh, and we're also uh, you know if there's a yeah if there's a, a brokerage firm in a state that we would never be in, we would consider licensing as well. Um, but yeah, if there's any any and also brand marketing, brand licensing uh, or franchising. Um, but it would have to be a company that um, is, I'd say, a top three to five company in the market that uh, has agents that are collaborative, experienced, um, ethical. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's really a good requirement. And um, yeah, and so that's really the, a key part of our growth strategy going forward. Okay. What about, I know you talked about agent productivity and really working. Um, to boost that agent productivity, you know, per agent productivity, what are some of the programs and, and that that you're working on right now to help agents? Obviously, you hire quite a few experienced agents that, that helps. Um, but what are some of the other things that you're doing, training or, or anything? 
Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, our agents have historically grown their business fast in the market. Uh, as an example, you know, our business declined 6% last year, but the industry transactions declined 18% uh, last year. And so you know, that that's an example of our agents you know, growing faster and our business growing faster. But you know, really, the way the Compass came to be is we... You know, my mom is a real estate agent, has been my She's been an agent my entire life. The first half as a life insurance agent, second half as a real estate agent. And uh, I saw her move from firm to firm to firm, always hoping to get the support and tools to realize success and realize her dreams. And it was clear to me that she wasn't getting as much as I had hoped she would. And so that's really the foundation of Compass. And so we hired these great agents market by market by market. And we asked them, what do you want us to build? Uh, and the most important button on our site, the most important tool we've ever created, it's on the left of our agent-facing site. It's the button feedback. You go in and you push the feedback button and it categorizes what your feedback is and what area. We've implemented over 10,000 pieces of feedback from agents over our 10 years. Because we you know, had, you know, at the peak, a 1,500-person technology team, as an example. So we've integrated so many different ideas. Uh, really, you know, if if compass were to not if 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 compass were to fail uh and build things that didn't matter it would be because i have an unwavering conviction that agents know what they need and we just need to listen to them uh, i think a lot of the companies that have come from the outside outside of real estate have have, have, haven't listened to the real estate agent and have built around them or built what they thought the industry needed. But I believe real estate agents are the industry. <laughs> they know more about, they know about this industry than anybody. They are the market. And so, um, this, you know, agents in a way are like, it's amazing. Compass. We have 30,000 agents now. It's like, it's, it's a collection of this incredible group of people across the country reflect the diversity of an agent's business from lead generation to relationship driven business, uh, from teams to individuals, from high end to middle market. And they're, they're all doing things today. And they have been over the last number of years that help them grow their business. And they've said, if you build this and you build that, you know, it will help not just me, but all of agents. And that's why it goes to that principle collaborate without ego. Uh, examples that I would share with you, our, you know, our, our, you know, every part of our CRM was, is, is guided by our agents telling us how they want it to look. Our, the digital CMA as talked about, um, that's another example. Compass Concierge, it wasn't my idea. Our agents were saying, uh, staging has a huge impact on increasing the value of the home and helping to sell faster. And right now I'm fronting my own costs, but could Compass help front the cost for me and all the agents? And so that's, that's where that came from. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, um, even the markets that we launch, that didn't come from us. That came from our agents. They say, you know, we were in New York and said, okay, there's a lot of referrals between New York and Hamptons, New York and Miami. And then we went to Los Angeles and then San Francisco. And now 10% of all Compass transactions are referrals. So if you're an agent, you come to Compass, you can get, you can increase your business 10% just by being part of the agent referral network. It's really quite remarkable. Uh, in the, even the industry conferences where we, where we have conferences regionally and nationally with our agents, they can develop more agent referral partnerships. Uh, and so really with everything that we do, it, it comes from our agents. Yeah. That, and it's, 
obviously that's the essence of the business, right? So <laughs> definitely important. But, but, but I, I do think that we were early. If, forget what I think. Agents have told me many times that we were early in considering them the client. There are some brokerages out there who believe that the brokerage brand matters more than the agent brand and that the agent's client is really the brokerage's client. We, we've never held that view. I, I believe I work for agents, not the other way around. They're my client and I need to be, I need to work as hard for agents as they do for their clients. I need to be as entrepreneurial for agents and creative for agents as agents are for their clients. And that's really the tone that I set with all the employees um, that are supporting our agents yeah, every single day. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit because you scaled so quickly. Um, what were some of the lessons that you've learned and maybe some takeaways that you've adopted, um, you know, just kind of growing so rapidly? What I think we did really well, what I think I took for granted is that we were really selective. I remember in the early, in our first year, there was an agent that does $5 million of gross commission income a year who who I said, we're not going to hire because I thought he was arrogant and unpleasant. And the, you know, someone, a real estate manager who I was working with said, what do you mean? Anyone would hire this person. Anyone, every brokerage would hire them. How, how could you say no to him? I said, cause I wouldn't want to work with them. I don't want to sit next to a guy like this. Yeah. And, um, and so we hired, you know, Leonard Steinberg who, and the way we found him is I asked 10, um, 10 to 20 agents, uh, I forget exactly how many it was now, but I asked them, give me three names of, of leaders in New York city real estate, where if these three people came, if any of these people came, you would want to come. So I asked these, I said, you know, ask a group of people, give me three names each. The only person that was on everyone's list was Leonard Steinberg. And this is a person anyone would want to work next to. And so we hired him. Uh, and, and with that spirit, we, we agreed that we were going to focus on hiring people that are likable, collaborative experience, and fully committed. Uh, and we've, we've, we've asked people that have done unethical things to leave the company. Uh, and, and again, are we perfect in every person we hire? You know, I, I doubt that. Uh, but I, I do think we take it more seriously that, than most. And just so what has surprised me is the importance of culture, right? As much as technology is changing the world where people matter more than, than anything. And what is a good culture? A good culture, I believe is a company 
that gives you energy that doesn't take it away. When you walk into the office, you see the salesman, you see the, the front desk receptionist, you see uh, our agent experience manager, you get energy from each other. Uh, you don't, it, 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 there aren't energy vampires. And so that's why I'm so incredibly passionate about getting people back to the together in person again. I told everyone in the company that they'll, they'll never see me in a home office again. I, I donated it and, uh, and gave it away because I just don't think that um, I can, I don't think I can do my job in giving my best to our people if I'm doing it virtually. And I'm just the kind of person where I always, I, I don't, I don't know how to, I, I won't, I can't go to sleep at night if I didn't give this company my best. Uh, and so e- even with the background right, that we have right now, I, I try, you know, I try to always have a background where it's people behind us or there's glass or someone else, as opposed to just like a white wall. Cause I want to give energy to, to others. And so, um, that it really is my, my number one priority. And if we can get our in-person culture back to where it was before, that'd be a whole different competitive advantage. Cause then it'd be, okay, we have programs, we have support, we have tools. And we have in-person culture and energy where you collaborate and you share, you know, what listings are coming up uh, and you, you, you make deals happen in person and, and life is good and everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, something that you felt like you failed forward on that you, you know, did not work out like you wanted, but you learned really a really important lesson from it? Look, the, here's what the experience is of founding a company. Um, it's a con it is an experience of failure, never ending failure. Uh, and if you don't fail, it means you're not pushing hard enough. Uh, it, it, the experience is like you're climbing a hill and you're, you're you feel like you, you see the, the top of the hill and it's like, Oh, you're so tired. You're like, Oh, but you're almost there. You see the top of the hill. You get on the top of the hill. You're like, yes, you got on top of the hill, but then you see another hill. and you keep on doing again and again and again um look we if if we would have decided just to be a new york city company and end here in new york yeah we wouldn't have failed much and have been nice and easy but we keep on pushing ourselves again and again and again um and so i i we we talked about the entrepreneurship principles of compass these aren't just values that we hang on a wall um, and there's a, there's actually a logic to them, right? You dream big, move fast, learn from reality, be solutions driven, obsessing about opportunity, collaborating without ego, maximizing strengths and bouncing back with passion. And so there's a reason bounce back for passion is the last one. Uh, it, it, if you, the only way you don't fail is if you're not dreaming big enough. If you are dreaming big enough and you are moving fast enough, you have to fail eventually. And then when you fail, how do you, when you're failing is hard, you lose your energy, you feel sad. Um, how do you bounce back? You got to bounce back with passion. And that, that's the, the, and, and, and how, do you, how do you do that? To me, you start a new dream. Uh, and so it's this like never ending cycle uh, of dreaming big, blah, blah, blah. You know, then you have a couple of failures, but then you get your energy by dreaming big again. And, and so to be specific, I mean, I can give you dozens and dozens of examples of where we failed. <laughs> but um, look, given that I'm so passionate about the office, I failed to bring in-office culture back to our headquarters. I failed at that. And by the way, when I talked to a lot of CEOs, 
they're failing left and right. And it's, it is a remarkable thing to fail with something so simple. Um, and all these people think that, oh, you want them to come back so you can be more productive. That's not, that's not it. That's nothing to do with it. You want, as a CEO, you want your people to love the company. And people don't love companies. They love people. And it's very hard to be emotionally connected to people, or it's much harder to be emotionally connected to people virtually than it is in person. And so you want to, all these CEOs are trying to bring people back because they want people to care about the company. And it's actually really about heart. Uh, and so it wasn't working. We had this huge office space and, you know, 10% of it at, at, at capacity. And so what I did um, along with other members of the team, we brought everyone in, in New York to our largest agent office. And we just brought people, you know, packed together. Now, now every conference room is full all the time. People are walking down the stairways, you know, crossing each other. Some, an, an agent, Bill Hurst, came to me uh, last week. He said, oh my God, it's amazing seeing all these employees here. Um, you know, I, seeing people, seeing people having to wait for a conference room. It's so 2019. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's so 2019. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here, of course, every single day. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're ha having a lot of informal sessions with employees, bringing employees and agents together. But that's, that's an example where, you know, we were not successful, but we kept on dreaming big on different ways we can bring people back together. And I think, I think now we've had, now I am proud. I am proud of this headquarters. I am proud of, of every, of the energy that we bring to each other here. And, and, and we did it. Yeah, that's great. Like I, I think I mentioned, you know, my husband works for a huge global company and um, they're just asking him for twice a week, just come in twice a week. And they're struggling to get that um, at this point. Um, it's, it's getting better, but it's, it's a struggle. My personal view is like, that's my, my, what I heard from CEOs is you either go all in yep. or, or it doesn't work. I agree. Uh, yeah. You just, you, yeah, it just or it just doesn't work. And like there, there are people that may want to work from home, um, and I understand that. But you know, you know, you know, there there are many different companies for different types of people. And uh, but I think for this company to realize its potential, the uh, we we need to be caring about each other and working together and collaborating in person. Yeah, yeah, and it's the culture, like you said, the culture that you are setting for your company. Um, and, you know, this kind of goes along with it, which is mindset. Um, you know, the market is so uncertain. Agents are getting frustrated. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out what they need to do to, to engage their sphere, get listings. So we got low inventory, but, you know, it's just that the market is crazy. So what, um, you know, what, what are some ways that you're helping agents kind of have a, a mindset of growth and opportunity rather than frustration and, and, um, you know, wanting to just tear their hair out basically. Yeah. Well, look, I, I call, uh, probably 300 or so two to 300 agents a week, uh, just to thank them, um, congratulate them on, on transactions and, and, and so I, I think, you know, things like that and our, our sales managers do the same in their regions, but I do think mindset matters a lot. And my mom, my mom taught me 
the right mindset. And I think I never heard from her the word mindset. I never knew about the abundance or growth mindset before the last couple of years. But I think it's how she raised me. And she was a single mother disowned by her parents for having an interracial relationship. You know, she was, um, you know, white and her parents were from Israel and my dad was black and, um, she didn't give up. She didn't, you know, go in a corner, um, and, and just sit, you know, and, and give up. She, she bounced back a passion and became an entrepreneur. She became an agent and I'm, I'm sure that wasn't easy, but in, seeing her with her own challenges personally and professionally keep on bouncing back with passion through a big dream, right? And that's, that's where I saw like endless hope, right? There's always a dream you can have to take you forward. There's always, um, you can always look at the world as infinite opportunity. And some of my friends, when I was younger, I remember they like, they, they were saying like, Oh, you can't be successful because this, you can't be successful that. I just never, I never understood that. All I saw around me was opportunity because that's how my mom taught me. And I remember we applied to over a hundred scholarships for college. We only got a couple, but I was like, yeah, we got it. We got a couple. Right. And, and I think some people would say like that was, was failure, but it was success. Like in, you know, I applied to, you know, over a dozen jobs out of college, I only got one, but Hey, we got the right one. Right. It was great. It was always great. And if I were an agent, I would look at this world as I would recognize the truth that there are more listings, more clients, more buyers, more sellers that you um, have the opportunity to handle and you ever have the time to handle. The limit is an opportunity. It's time. Uh, and there's so much success to be had out there. And so it's really just having the right mindset of how with so much opportunity, how can you focus your day? How can you use the right tools to make sure that you're um, that you're uh, you're taking advantage of everything that's in front of you? How do you build your team and your brand and your marketing so that you know the opportunity comes to you in the right way? Uh, but the abundance mindset is a mindset that there will always there's there can all, there's always more, not that there's always less, uh, and that you have everything that you need in front of you to succeed. And so that's that's how I, I chat with my agents. Um, but you know, if, if I if I were uh, if I were an agent in this market, I would be so excited uh, to know that in every downturn, a lot of the worst agents leave the business, and in every downturn, and so just by staying there, you're going to be more successful. In every downturn, the best agents gain market share, and of course, you know you're one of the best agents. Um, and uh, I would recognize that. This industry continues to change and change, and the tools that empower agent success continue to adapt. And you know, and I would be so excited to be one of the leaders and learning those tools, so I can help my clients better than anybody else. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, everybody's different. Some people need they need a specific plan. They need okay, call five people today. You know, do this, do that. Some people are motivated really just by that overarching okay. This is an opportunity market, and it really is an opportunity market. Um, you, like you said, the best agents, they grow their market share in this type of um, a market. And anyone who's gone through the Great Recession will tell you, who stayed in business, will tell you that same thing that, um, you know, yeah, they had to work hard. And yeah, they had to, they had to you know, talk to 
ton of people every single day, but they manage through it and they're better off in the end. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I also feel like this type of market really spurs innovation um, from outside of the industry and from inside of the industry, whether it's recruiting new business models, new products and services. So are there any new products or services that are maybe in the beginning stages that you want to offer your agent that you feel are like a real opportunity or, or innovative um, way to do things, whether it's AI or, you know, whatever it might be. Look, if I were an agent today, of course I would use all the tools that we've talked about in the past, but I would lean more into in-person non-tech solutions um, because I think it's actually easier to differentiate there uh, than technology. I mean, it, and so here's here's what I mean. When I was younger, I wrote thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of handwritten notes, um, holiday cards, uh, Thanksgiving cards, um, birthday cards, you know, thank you cards for all my mentors, cards for everyone who had donated to a nonprofit I founded called uh, New York Needs You and a charter school I founded called Bronx S Academy uh, One. And you know, when I ran 50 marathons, one at each state to raise a million dollars for nonprofits to all the donors there. And so one of the secrets of, of my ability to harness all these people to help support those efforts wasn't technology. It, it was, although I did have a CRM at the time, I didn't even know it was a CRM, but it, it, you know, Outlook had the tagging functionality and I would use that. But the secret was good old fashioned effort. Um, but just, but in the way that you can show when you write a handwritten note and you send it to someone, it shows them, Oh, this is the kind of person that will go above and beyond. This is the kind of person that really cares. This is the kind of person that will do what they say they're going to do. This is the kind of person that follows up. Those are the kinds of qualities that people want to, to want in their agent to help them buy or sell a home. So if I were an agent, yes, I would do all the, the, the technology tools. I would do all the marketing, all the, the, um, the brand marketing, marketing myself. Um, but the, the, what in recognizing that people are moving further and further away from in-person and things like hand in handwritten notes and, and some of those more old school tactics, I would lean even further into that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, w- I would, if, if I were an agent, say most simply, I would commit to writing at least a thousand handwritten notes a year, at least a thousand. Yeah. And it's interesting, um, because, you know, when brokerages first started developing their technology, it was a huge value proposition, obviously, and it, it still is to some respect, but, now that most brokerages have some sort of tech platform, it, um, you know, I think agents and brokers are realizing that it's an accessory to the way you do business and not the only way you do business. You know, it's not your only value proposition. Um, it's one of them. Yeah, the, it, it, it will help you do your business efficiently and execute and stay you know, top of mind and things like that. But it won't, it won't give a person a buyer or seller the view that you're um, it won't help them remember you in, in the highest way possible. There's a brokerage owner who sent me for, for my kid, my, when I, I had a baby that was born um, my second, sent me like a, a really nice gift 
in person. And this is a brokerage owner that we compete against and although we're friendly. And I'll never forget that, right? That, that you could have sent an email, could have sent a text, congrats. You could have, could have liked my social post, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he sent in the mail, um, a really nice gift. Uh, and it was a nice gift. And so I, I think I would recognize that yes, all the tech matters, but if you are best in the world at handwritten notes in a client gifting program, those two things alone will give you more business than anything else you can imagine. Yeah. I know an agent who is incredible at that. And, um, you know, she puts those happy birthday signs in front of like her top clients houses on their birthday. She mm -hmm. does this thing where she drops off like little baskets of goodies at, during the holidays, just something small. Um, and you know, she like is really good at that personal touch. Um, and it, it, it means so much and it creates such loyalty as well. Exactly. It creates lo loyalty. Uh, and you know, caring can really be a competitive advantage. I mean, that's, you know, the, it, it, you know you, you, do you want your clients to feel like you, 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 you feel when you're in the four seasons or when you're in the exact, the other end of that spectrum, you want them to feel special to feel, to feel like valued and to feel like you notice and, and, um, and what success is, is your clients, your sphere of influence, whenever they're thinking about buying or selling a home or whenever they have a friend who's thinking about buying or selling a home, they think about you and they, they refer you, of course, but you want them to feel that when they refer you, that they're actually doing their friend a favor. They're not doing you a favor. They're doing a friend a favor because they know their friends have such a great experience that they're going to, the friend's going to come back to them and say, thank you so much for introducing me to agent John Doe or Jane Doe. Oh, it was such a great experience. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, real estate's all about the people and the personal connections you make. Um, my last question is just what's next for Compass? Yeah. Well, what's next for Compass? Yeah. I go back to that client portal uh, where it's going to be the culmination of everyone's hard work. Uh, the agents and compass already have, again, all these tools in one place, but the client view of that living digitally before, during, after transaction for buyers, for sellers, for homeowners, um, I think it's going to be that kind of aha moment for, uh, the industry is like, Oh, now I get, now I can see everything they built. Uh, and it's also, I think there are a lot of folks who have said, Oh no, I, I, you know, my brokerage firm offers that my brokerage firm offers these things and these, these things. But what do you realize is if they're all in, again, third party tools, you can't create a client portal because they're not together. They're different logins with different usernames, different passwords with different user experiences that can't be put on a mobile app because a mobile app can't connect to 11 different companies and neither can a client portal connect to 11 different companies. And so later this year, having you know, not just everything on a single mobile app, single login, but also a single client experience. We're really, really excited by that. And um, uh, I think it's going to help our agents win more business, better serve their clients and get more repeat and referral clients as well. Robert, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We really appreciate your time and your insight. It's always great. And thank you so much for the role you play in the industry. It's great to read your articles. Take care.
Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.